it's not about what can I get. It's about, Hey, how can I help you? Like, I want to know about you. And that's to me, when I go back where I've had the best sales, dude, that's what it's about. You know, yeah. marketing, in my opinion, is about trust and influence. That's yes. also what leadership is about. And so when you develop trust, that's how you're going to develop in, that's how you're going to have influence. And if you're trying to do high pressure sales, if you're trying to push people into something, dude, it's never going to work. It's going to be short term. And then people are going to be like, I understand all they wanted to get was my money. And there's a lot of people that say, Hey, you got my money. I want to run as far as I can from those people. Cause yeah. all they see me as a dollar sign and not the value that I have to offer that maybe I don't even understand. Tyler, your husband, your father, your entrepreneur, speaker, you're a member of the John Maxwell Network Marketing Advisory Council, podcast host, much more, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, dude. I'm glad to be here. Glad like to, to uh, chat with you. Yeah. I'm uh, super pumped about this because I, I've talked with you personally. We've sat down, had mm -hmm. some coffee, and I think your story is really awesome and very impactful. And one of the things that I like to do with my shows is kind of go back, man. Where did where did you grow yeah. up? What was childhood like for you? Yeah. Well, um, you know, it was funny as one of the things I like to do is, you know, when we chatted, um, you know, we got coffee, which has been too long ago. If, if we would totally. just open up the world, we could like do that a little bit more. And we only live like 30 miles from each other, it, right. you know, whatever. Um, but I love to kind of get prepared. Right. And, and that's something you've done. And, and so I was just listening to one of your podcasts and I was thinking about that. It's like, oh, my childhood and, and your guests like, oh, mine was a normal childhood. And it's like mine was anything but normal, <laughs> partly because. <laughs> Uh, I grew up on a farm and okay. that's not normal to a lot of people. I grew up on a dairy farm uh, in Northeast Ohio. Uh, we had uh, Holstein cows, which black and white ones. And, um, you know, so it was a small dairy farm is family run. Wow. The workforce for, for much of my, I would say teenage, you know, kind of early preteen through when we, uh, you know, liquidated our operation was my, my parents and myself and my sister. And that was it. It was the four of us. And, gotcha. um, you know, that was my childhood. That's what I knew. I didn't know any different per se. Uh, I was involved in a lot of, you know, activities along those lines. Yeah, I played some sports, but I was a, a tiny little guy. So um, I love sports, but they didn't love me so much. I was, as I was telling my brother-in-law yesterday, I was small, I was uncoordinated, and I wasn't fast. Okay. Not a good combination to be an athlete. For sure. That's awesome, man. Well, like, I mean, so you've kind of been around this whole entrepreneurship thing your whole life, but was there anyone that kind yeah. of inspired you most or, or pushed you most into that area? Um, I, I'd say it was a burning desire that I didn't realize I had. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, you know, grew up on a farm. My, uh, my parents were entrepreneurs by that fact. Uh, my dad, he, uh, he was, you know, so we had a dairy farm, but then he also took on a, a role, a job as a nutritionist for dairy cows. And he did that because, you know, farming is not real lucrative and he needed additional income stream, had the opportunity. And so he started that in, I think, 1983. So I was like 82, 83. I was like three or four years old. Okay. So that's what I saw him doing. He had this farm and he also had this other business. And that was just normal to me. Right. And uh, when I was kind of, I think it was eight or nine years old, I started to spend a lot of time with a veterinarian, veterinarian that worked on our farm. And and really a, a major mentor in my life without even necessarily putting my finger on realizing it. And, you know, he kind of, again, entrepreneurial business, owned a business with a couple other partners. And so uh, that was just like normal to me. And, it, and where it came to a point of I understood I was entrepreneurial but didn't realize it was about two or three years into my first career. 
Okay. So uh, I went to Cornell University, upstate New York, saw more snow I'd ever seen in my life. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Moved to California where there's a lot of cows. And I took a job as a nutritionist for dairy cows. Um, and I did that for 13 years in total, but I worked for a company for five. And I probably enjoyed that for about two. And I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I was doing. I enjoyed serving people, but it was hard because uh, I I couldn't make some of the the decisions. I was, you know, had um, um, managers, had bosses that, you know, I just didn't align with from a values point of view, I realize now. And so about a couple years into that, it's like, ah, I want to start my own business. And I was conflicted because it's like, I want to start my own business. I know other people are doing it. They're independent nutritionists have their own business, but I was still naive enough and kind of had this mentality. It's like, well, I got a job and I was getting a 401k match and I had to stay there for five years to get vested. And so as I look back now, it was the dumbest money I ever wanted to save was spending time to be vested because I was holding myself back from growing the growing that I needed. I I knew I needed to do. So it was a great lesson. Um, you know, I, that money's there. I don't even realize it, whatever. Um, but that's how I understood that really my nature was about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, you've been building businesses for like 20 years more or more, and you've generated over $500 million in sales and and building businesses and doing sales as tough as it is. Anyways, Mm -hmm. I've been in sales for that long, certainly haven't generated that much, but you know, what, what do you think has helped you be so successful throughout your career and and even what you're doing today? Man, um, you know, as you say those numbers, I kind of like, no, I don't know who you're talking about. I I don't really think about it. Yes, that's happened. I realized that's happened, but that's where a part of me, it's funny. I, uh, it was to me to understand sometimes in my life, I got to look at it from the outside in. And, you know, one of the things that I realized, and I was, uh, had a friend share, and she talked about women in business feeling pressured to follow this sales memorandum because that's what sales teachers tell. And and so she and I had this conversation because I've been in the network marketing industry the last 10 years. So that's a a very heavy female industry. And I've seen this kind of from a different angle. So she and I went back and forth on that. But even if I go back to my nutrition business, I've realized I'm a connector. That's what I love to do. That's how I go about things. I'm not a networker. I had a friend on his podcast. He did a great job describing it. And as he described it, I was like, oh, networking just just makes me cringe. It just, it's like, no, it's not about what can I get? It's about, Hey, how can I help you? Like, I want to know about you. And that's to me, when I go back where I've had the best sales, dude, that's what it's about. You know, marketing, in my opinion, is about trust and influence. That's also what leadership is about. And so when you develop trust, that's how you're going to develop in, that's how you're going to have influence. And if you're trying to do high pressure sales, if you're trying to push people into something, Dude, it's never going to work. It's going to be short term. And then people are going to be like, I understand all they wanted to get was my money. And there's a lot of people that say, hey, you got my money. I want to run as far as I can from those people because all they see me as a dollar sign and not the value that I have to offer that maybe I don't even understand. And so when I look at the sales and the stuff we've done and and my wife and I are in our business and I look back at my other business, it's been about that. It's, it's how to connect with people, how to say, I don't have the solution for you, but you know who does? My buddy, Eric, he will take care of you. He's a great guy. He has many of the same values. He's gonna take care of you. I, I can't do that. Even if we're, we're in the same space, if, if I know that you or someone else is better suited to take care of somebody, 
dude, I absolutely have them do it. And that was through a learning lesson of failing, trying to meet expectations and needs of people that I had no business to meet. So Man, that's that's such a great answer though. Like I'm I'm the same way. Like I've I've never considered myself good at sales, but I love relationship building and I love yeah. connecting with people. I'm fascinated with people's stories, man. Like mm -hmm. tell me about yourself. Like people they like to talk about themselves. And I selfishly started the podcast because I wanted to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with people like yourself. Like, yeah. you know, and then you're making impact on me. I'm like, man, other people need to hear this stuff like right now. Like, you know? Yeah. So I mean that was much the same. I mean, you know, my podcast, uh, you know, my wife and I started a podcast. And the reason I started a podcast is is I have this I thought and idea. Uh, you know, we know Instagram stories, right? And that's kind of that, that, you know, just share what a life is about. Instagram stories is to Instagram. Yeah. Now I understand this is an SAT correlation for a lot of people listening. They've never done that. I was not good at analogies, SATs, but Instagram stories is to Instagram as podcasts are to websites. You know, you look at somebody's website. Yeah, there's some videos there, but when you listen to their podcast, you understand, oh, that's who they are. And so that's why we started podcasts like, Hey, I want people to understand who we are. Well, what I fell in love with was interviewing people and learning from them. Right. Like, this is great. I love this. And so, you know, it's been on my heart for, you know, the last year or so to do podcasts again, to, to, to host my own, to be able to kind of be that curator and conduit of information. And so as recently just kind of, uh, God put on my hand, Hey, you need to start now. And, I had the, you know, I had kind of the idea brewing, but I decided after talking to a friend on Wednesday, Hey, I'm going to start my podcast. I recorded the first episode on that following Monday. Um, and it was just like, bam happened. So that's so good, man. It's all about taking massive action, man. And I think like you get an idea, you just don't want to sit on it, man. I love that you just jumped right on it. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, like you've got your podcast as impact driven, leader podcast. It's amazing. People need to go out and check it out. But one of your missions is to really help that men and women embrace, you know, insecurities and strengths to become yeah. what you call impact driven leaders mm -hmm. for their industries. You've got that round table community, which is great. You've got two tiers of memberships and they've got the book club. You know, what is an impact driven leader and how do folks get to that? Yeah. Um, you know, to me, and this isn't a, a curated proper answer. There's probably one that someone's taken my words and, and done a great job of communicating on my <laughs> totally. website. I, great people in my life surround me. Yeah. Um, that, one of the things for me is to make an impact is to want to make a difference yes. is to, you know, almost there's an element of, as we all mature, we start to come to this point of dying to ourself. Meaning you, I heard this this morning. You gotta be selfish enough to want to take care of yourself but selfless enough to realize that only taking care of yourself won't get you anywhere in life. You'll be unhappy, just really unhappy. And I think that's what being an impact-driven leader is about. It's like, I wanna make an impact. Well, how do I do it? Well, part of that is wrestling with your own insecurities. The thing that holds you back from that, that relationship, the ability to connect, the ability to empathize with people. I'm reading a fun book right now. It's called Leadership in Turbulent Times. It's by uh, Doris Kearns Good, or uh, yeah, Doris Kearns Goodwin. I, but um, it's about Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, and Lyndon Johnson. I've never been a history buff, but I love it because one of the things that as I heard about that book at a, at a John Maxwell event, actually, she was there speaking and she talked about empathy. And I realized to me and my growing out of understanding my own insecurities is I had to learn how to be more empathetic of others and understanding what healthy empathy is. 
You know, there's, I would say when you're devoid of empathy, which I was for a lot of my life, people view you as an asshole. Sorry if I just gave you the E, but <laughs> it, I don't know how better to describe it. And people have yeah. described me that way and I, I got to own it. Yeah. And yet at the same point, I'm going to caution people like, oh, okay, that's one extreme. The other extreme is you're an absolute doormat. You're an enabler. People walk all over you. I think in our discussions, we talked a little bit about that stuff and how people in life that they're afraid to, to stand up and make people accountable. Yep. And so they're a doormat. That is unhealthy empathy. But somewhere in the middle where you can say, hey, I love you. I care about you. And it's, it's really this accountability is I want to know more about you. I want to know more about what makes you tick, what you're interested in. And so as I read this book now, and I, I learn about these four great figures in our history as a country that did things in amazing times. Lincoln during you know the Civil War, Teddy Roosevelt during the the coal crisis, you know pre World War One. You had you know FDR during World War Two. You had Lyndon Johnson during uh, Vietnam. All these things, some major crises in our country. And, you know our country is kind of similarly there. It's not sure. different, similar yep. in how they grew in empathy. They understood it wasn't about them, but their legacy was going to be about the impact they made taking care of others. And so when I think about all of that as an impact-driven leader, it's like, how can I use the gifts I have been given to impact and help other people, not for me, but for them, but we, I got to be healthy to do that. You got to be healthy to do that. And let's go. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so good. And the cool thing about you too is you are you are part of the John Maxwell Network Marketing Advisory Council. Mm -hmm. And you and I talked about that. And, and John Maxwell is such a world changer, man. But how did you meet John? And, and how did you end up on the Marketing Advisory Council yeah. for him, man? Um, that's a funny story. So I just had the the pleasure, and I'll share this for your audience. Don't know when there's a launch, but the, the book I'm profiling is in, Mar in February, excuse me, is John's new book, Change Your World. And so I got the opportunity to interview John earlier this week for my podcast Sweet. and it was so much fun. And I started that off as, as we've gotten a, you know, pretty intimate relationship. We've done some really cool things together, but it's been a very short window. And so I'm going to tell you about the power of Instagram, but before the power of Instagram, I'm going to tell you about the power of intention. So, uh, the year 2017, uh, came and I, and I'm not great about journaling and writing this stuff out, but that year I did. And it was, uh, I have an intention to look for a mentor and I want to find it. Never really had someone I'd say was a mentor. So I made that intention out in January, kind of followed it, reached out to a few people and it just, it didn't go anywhere. And it's like, that's okay. Well, in a July of that year, uh, my wife was uh, scrolling on Instagram and she sees this advertisement for a John Maxwell program. Now we had not subscribed to anything. John Maxwell, maybe followed him on Instagram. I knew who he was. I'd read, you know, I think one of his books at that time and, uh, it was a pretty high ticket item and I knew I wanted a mentor. She was in line with that. And so we're like, all right, let's do it. In two months, we're sitting at the Chick-fil-A headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia, which is an amazing, you know, enterprise in and of itself. <laughs> sure. And you know, we're there at this John Maxwell event. It was called executive circle. And what it was, was, uh, we met, uh, two times, one in September. Again, we were going to meet in August, but every month we had a conference call with the different CEO, gotcha. yeah. Alan Mullally to Carly Fiorina to Casey Crawford to Ralph De La Vega. A lot of these just friends of John's and you know, that's how I met John at that event. And I can remember we took a group picture and you know, the culture of, of John Maxwell's team is unlike anything I've ever been around. 
they are the epitome of John in regards to he is your friend. Everyone that works for him, they, they're no better than any of us. He is your friend. You, there's no caste system. He does it. It doesn't work. It's a very right. flat. It's very flat, which I love. And uh, I remember, you know, just building this relationship with him. And then that continued. And and by part of that is we, we were sitting there and guess we're in network marketing. And the person in charge of it said, hey, um, this isn't really for network marketers. And I said, I know that's why we're here because I don't want to have anything to do with network marketers because they gross me out. They're, they're, you know, going back to that sales stuff, they're high pressure. They're like, I don't want any part of that. That's yeah. what everyone says to do. And I don't want any part of that. I want to learn about healthy, good organizations. And she goes, all right, I get that. But you know, we'll invite you at our network marketing stuff. So we go there, get involved in network marketing a little bit, um, get introduced to John's nonprofits, decide I love this. I love about transformation just getting more involved and and ultimately came the opportunity that we were asked to say hey you know would you be on this advisory council you're immersed in the community and um that's how we got there come on dude yeah instagram is super powerful i've booked 98 percent of my guests through instagram messenger and i don't do this stupid templated like uh -huh. hey here's who i am like i no. the guys that like i'm this no-name guy but i've been able to get ed Milet and tim story and brad lee and yeah all these other guys on my show and all i did differently was do a 30 second video no more than 30 seconds on my love phone it. hey ed it's eric Allen. i'm out in Coeur idaho i know you have a house out here like would love to have my show i think you'll make a huge impact on my <gasps> listeners hope to talk soon and i send that to him and totally. that's how i booked every single one of my guests on my show and typically it helps if i have the beard or this backdrop uh because they usually will mention that in the response yeah. like dude i love the beard love the backdrop yeah when, when can we sign up and totally. uh instagram messenger is Oh. super powerful and if you do it right right i mean i hate the sleazy spammy crap well, that are on there. I, I think the if i if i had to put a box around that which i love because that's been the same for me is you were authentic genuine and you made a connection right it, you know i it, it's funny right now everyone wants to say oh linkedin is the new place to go i hate linkedin <laughs> why because i'm on there and i just want to add value to people and i'm getting people like one of the worst ones that i got and, and god bless their heart because i know they're trying it, sure. it's not because they're they're trying to be you know bad at what they're doing is you know i'll get this message from somebody and they'll try to connect with me and it's they haven't even asked who i am or what i do and they're pitching me about their service and i'm like how do you even know i'm a fit you know right. going back to it earlier and <laughs> what's funny is one of them was a insurance financial company and then it happens to be the the company that provides our life insurance and i'm like um hello dude i'm a client of your company in the office you work in <laughs> like come on dude like spend a little time and so that's what i love about the fact of what you said it's genuine yeah there it, it's not a copy and paste script now if people need a script to to have like a, a formulation of ideas that's great but make it personal like you had you know, kind of your script. I imagine if you send out eight messages, it's going to be really similar, but it's not like a copy and paste where you mess up the name or whatever. No, that doesn't work. Um, right. I had the opportunity on, on my podcast. He's, he's, you know, said he's going to come again to talk to John Gordon, John Gordon, the author, love his books. And I connected with him because he went to the same college I went to and, you know, built that rapport and connection. And if I think about, you know, a lot of the guests I people that I call, get to call friends, are, you know, it's just being that authentic, real person and not trying to be fake yep. because getting back to those insecurities, I, I think that's what gets us in trouble is 
when we're who we are, people know it. When we're, you know, one of the things I'd love to say is you might as well admit your insecurities because everyone else knows it. And people are like, what do you mean they know? So they don't know exact insecurity, but they know when you're being insecure. They know when your insecurities are showing. So you might as well say, hey, my insecurities are showing like my sweaty pits, just accept it. Totally. We're all better off. Yep. Man, so good. Like, absolutely. Like, it, it's unbelievable. Like, especially with Clubhouse now, I think you're in Clubhouse. Yeah. And, and I mean, people on there, that's where like you get to see those insecurities. You get to see like, are they really the guys who are saying like, I'm an eight figure coach. Like really? Like you go to Instagram and they like have five followers. I'm like, come on, really? Like, you know, the, that's such a great place. So I've connected with a ton of new people yeah. on Clubhouse. Like if you use it right, there's a lot of junk rooms that are, that are starting to show up. But yeah. You know, I've been able to network with massive names and, and been able to connect with them. That's a huge platform for me to just kind of get my name and my brand out there. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that's, it's such a great, great platform. With about eight minutes left, I wanted to just shift to a few questions uh, that sure. are fun for us here. Uh, two quick ones. Can anyone be an entrepreneur? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, whether we realize it or not, we're entrepreneurs every day. Yep. You know, totally. if you take care of your family, you're an entrepreneur. You're figuring it out. There's no one else telling you where to go, how to go. And I think it's it's really, it's a responsibility. It's a, it's saying, I need to be responsible for my life. I will say as, a, as an employer having businesses, the best people to work with are the ones that have an entrepreneurial mindset because they take initiative. It's like, I can't rely on anyone else to do it. Now, one of the things we have to realize is a lot of people have been modeled or, you know, the, the model before them has never been entrepreneurial. And so that's something that as leaders, we have to understand. It's like, hey, you can't expect people to understand being entrepreneurial when they've never had anyone model that for them. Yep. But it's all built into us as humans. Yep. Uh, does it take money to make money? If it takes money to make money, no one would have money. Yes. You know, it, it all started <laughs> somewhere. Um, and, and I think that is a trap we all tell ourselves. Hey, I'm guilty of that. I'm absolutely guilty of that. And I think, you know, as I've learned anything, the greatest businesses, the greatest success starts when you have nothing. Mm. You know, I, I look at people in our industry, network marketing, it's the ones that have no time, that have nothing, their back is against the wall, they're borderline desperate, but yet they're inspired. Those are the ones that go on to change the world. Yes. It's, you know, I, I worked again in the, in the dairy industry and I saw this in a lot of ways. I, I heard stories about first generation immigrants. And in California, there's a lot of Dutch, there's a lot of Portuguese. And I heard these amazing stories of this one family where three brothers came over to the United States. They, they land in, in California. They're in, you know, essentially greater Los Angeles, California, and they start working on a dairy farm, the three of them. And what they ended up doing is the three of them work 24 hours a day. But what they would do is two brothers would work, one would sleep. That's all they did. They did that for years. They stayed in this little room off the side of the barn where the cows were milked. That's where they lived. And they ate beans. They ate, you know, saved so much money. They are the largest family owned, uh, like family of dairy operators in the state of California now. Wow. And it's, what's cool about that is you see that opportunity. And as I've learned from people, this is what's unique about the U.S. is that, that there. That's why a lot of those immigrants came. But... Here's the fault is they were able to teach those generations that came after them, that second generation, their sons and daughters, those virtues. 
The yes. problem gets into like the third generation that hasn't had that adversity, hasn't had to go figure it out on their own. So they've had plenty of money to go make money. But yet if they don't have that desire to like that desperation, a lot of them lose it. And yes. I saw just as many, you know, these, these family generational or businesses at the third generation lose it because they didn't understand the, 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 the work ethic, the, the, the sacrifice that has to go into it. Yep. So, yeah. Last question for you. I'm a music guy. So I love to ask this question. What's a favorite type of music for you? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Oh, dude, let's see. I'm just going to open up my, my, uh, I'm an iTunes guy. Uh, I'm not a Spotify and I'm going to, for your listeners. Okay. This is my library and I'm going to read off the artists. I'm going to just lift up, read off the first five to show you my, how eclectic Aaron Schust, ACDC, Addison road, Adele, AFI. All right. That is, I, this is what I love. I love a good beat. Yeah. I love, you know, it's funny. My kids, they have a gift from their mother. They can hear something and they can recite it. Dude, you could tell me something six times in a row and I'm going to have a hard time remembering it. Now I have a photograph. Remember, I look at it. I can tell you exactly what I saw, but music is about a beat. Um, I love, uh, you know, Hey, I'm a, yeah, I'd say right there. ACDC is that's some good stuff because it's got a, a tone and a beat that keeps you going, but yeah. Yep. I also got some, uh, I get made fun of cause I got Hillary Duff too. I mean, okay. it, come on, dude. <laughs> come on. That's awesome. I love that you have AFI on there, man. Those guys are rad. I, when I worked for universal records way yeah. back in the day, I got to go hang out with those guys in their trailer before they went on the show, man. And super nice guys. And this was like back in 2001. So it was like, yeah. just like they were just building up this awesome, awesome, you know, uh, I guess fans at the time. Yeah. Right. But super great guys, man. That's yeah. awesome that you have there on there. Yeah. Tyler, such an honor to have you on my show, man. You are changing yeah, the dude. world, brother, man. Thank you so much for taking time and joining me today. Um, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm thankful I've been given the opportunity uh, to be able to share from some of my my pains, my struggles, my insecurities, and uh, make an impact in others. And that's what I've realized. And, in, in, you know, if, if I can help people accomplish something they didn't think they could, dude, I'm fulfilled. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm happy. And, you know, as... I was listening to John Maxwell this morning. One of the things he was sharing is about legacy. And, you know, he created his legacy. You got to be intentional about that. And he said, I want to be known for leadership. And there's a part of me, it's like, I want to be known for impact. Not necessarily the impact I made solely, but helping others make an impact. And that's what just gets me excited. So yeah. thanks for giving me the opportunity to be here. Love chat with you, dude. I'm excited oh. for this stuff for you to come and and uh love watching it and just appreciate your continual effort to stay consistent and and do your thing thank you so much for watching the show today i appreciate it if you could please leave a rating and review on our apple podcast the link is down below that helps us get our message out get the show out helps us get ranked out there on the apple podcast also leave a comment below man i'd love to know what part of this show made the most impact on you i respond to every comment on there and please share this video whether you're watching on facebook instagram youtube Please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.